all, and welcome to a new episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Nelly, and with me tonight is my good friend, Chuck W. Chapman. Hey, how's it going? Ah, great. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining me here tonight. For tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing our favorite cars and horror films. So uh, this was uh, your topic. So uh, what kind of led to the uh, selection of the episode and uh, the topic at hand? Well, the selection was based on I have a new album out, a new four song EP. I do, as well as being an author and filmmaker, I'm also a musician. And the new CD is called Girls and Cars and Things That Matter. So I thought it'd be fun to tie the cars part into the horror movies because there's way too many girls to limit, you know, our favorite 10 girls in horror movies. So, hmm. Well, that's uh, a pretty uh, fun way of going about it. So uh, <laughs> it's definitely kind of a unique perspective, but um, definitely one that uh, I'm glad we took because um, I... I kind of took the approach of um, I really wanted uh, my list um, to do more with how impactful and important the car was in the film. Um, I I do have uh, bonus points for, uh, you know, look and style, of course. But um, yeah, this was kind of fun to revisit because there was a few that um, I I kind of forgot how important the car was to the film. But oh, yeah, the car has to be iconic, whether it was so important to the film wasn't in my criteria. But the car itself needed to be iconic for some reason. Yeah, that's kind of where I I took it to. Um, There's a few that even though it's not necessarily impactful, um, I I do have bonus points for um, the look, the style, the feel of it. You know, what it does in the film is also kind of a a big factor. But yeah, I I, kind of took the approach of, you know, one, how important is it to the film, but also kind of, you know, style and appearance is also you, you know giving a bonus points sort of a you know approach cool this should be fun exactly yeah so um if there's anything else you want to uh get us started um sure to start with i had an honorable mention um because it's not technically a horror film but um we can't do a list like this i don't think without mi- um, mentioning the mystery machine from scooby-doo Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a, uh, a, a, you know, kind of an obvious one um, when you think about it. Um, I mean, I can probably say the uh, TV, the uh, live action films from the early 2000s could count uh, family friendly, but yeah. Well, those, the, and the, the old, the old Scooby-Doo Where Are You's where they actually solved the mysteries, you know, and stuff I thought were really, really cool. Yeah, that's kind of, that's where I was going. Is that uh, yeah, it's probably much more important to the cartoon series because uh, you know there's much more time spent with it. And then I think a couple of the later adaptations actually made um, episodes revolving around the truck itself. Um, I, I think one of them there was actually an episode where like the thing got possessed and they had to like stop it for some reason i i don't really remember but yeah I, I think for the cartoons it's a little bit more important than the films but if you would have mentioned the films i wouldn't have minded just because you know family friendly and stuff but uh, yeah that's not a uh, bad one i i have uh, one myself um for an honorable mention not necessarily because um i think the film is really all that good but um 
but it's a, um, Australian or New Zealand, I'm not necessarily sure, but it's a film called Mr. Wrong, and it's about a woman that purchases a car that turns out to have been possessed by a serial killer, and it it just turns her life upside down, and, you know, she just starts going crazy and, you know, thinking the car's out to kill her and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily because, you know, like the car's all that important, just because it was something that, you know, she just bought for necessity to get around, and then all of a sudden it just turns out that it's possessed and all that kind of stuff, but... It, it was one that I, I kind of enjoyed. Um, I haven't seen it in a few years, so I, I'm not necessarily all that familiar with it. But um, looking up Killer Cars was one that I kind of saw meandering around on the outskirts. And uh, it kind of just reminded me that I, I did enjoy it when I saw it. So I uh, wanted to uh, throw it out there and mention it just uh, for you know purposes of getting it out there. But yeah, that works. Exactly. So um do you have any uh, preference for going first or if you want me to take um, one? Sure, I'll go first if that's okay. And yeah, go You ahead. just can comment and tell me if you've got the same thing on the list, a different place or whatever. Uh, um, for number 10, not a car, but way too creepy and way too cool to leave off. And that is the 1941 Chevy delivery truck in Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, that's uh, on my list as well. Um, I have it a little higher on my list uh, just because I think it's not necessarily, in, you know, impactful on the story. But, um, yeah, it was kind of one of those that had like the iconicness nature of it. And, right. You uh, see it, you don't forget it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it even has kind of a, a cool little subplot about the uh, discovery of the license plate, which uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that that has like a really uh nice little mystery and the bit of suspense there once you figure out what's going on but um i i, I have i kind of favor towards uh the sequels just because they make it just a little bit more um they, they kind of bring it out into focus a little bit more especially the third one just because there's a whole um subplot in the very beginning about the uh dis the police officers discovering it and trying to figure out how it works but uh, yeah, um, in terms of the iconic nature and the look of it, yeah, it's on my list for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Um, for my number 10, um, I kind of was uh, keeping with that Australian kind of uh, outbackness um, that I mentioned with uh, Mr. Wrong. And I have a uh, under the radar film from uh, I think 2009 or 2010 called Roadkill. Okay, I'm familiar so with that one. So, um, yeah, um, real quick for this one, uh, it's about a group of teens who are, um, and then not teens, a group of friends who are out in the, uh, way, in the uh, outback, they're just out on vacation, you know, just goofing around and discover that, you know, they're stranded in the elements, their car won't start, and they're trying to hitchhike their way back to civilization and come across this strange truck out in the middle of the wilderness that just keeps hunting them down. But the truck is driverless. They don't know any, you know, there's nobody that they can see that's actually physically driving it. So, you know, you know, it just becomes like this whole battle for survival and, you know, race to get out alive and all that kind of stuff. So I, I enjoyed it when I first saw it again, it's another one that it's kind of been a while since I've seen it, but I, I always really liked the way that they approached the uh, driverless angle of it. It was always one that I always kind of enjoyed and appreciated. Uh, it has some nice moments when they realize, you know, it's uh, driven by something other than oil or which is, <laughs> if, 
which uh, for those that have seen it, uh, kind of gives away what uh, what's going on. But um, it, it was a fun little film. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, if you appreciate the indie or indie your side of things, it's not a bad one. But uh, for my number ten, yeah, I went with this uh, massive truck from Roadkill. Okay, I tried to stick with more that I thought people would know a little better. So there were a couple like that that I looked at. And I'm like, I'm not sure how many people would know them. So, but it's cool to throw them in. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but for, I kind of didn't because of that. I was, yeah, but yeah. I, that's, I think it's great that you did. So I think that's really cool because it'll help people discover some stuff that they may not be familiar with. Yeah. Um, for those that have listened to several of my past episodes will know that I'm not adverse to throwing bizarre off the wall kind <laughs> of picks. So. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, for those that have heard um, my previous episodes, that's something that um, I, I will do in the past is that I, I don't just stick to the mainstream and the known. I will throw something that nobody's heard of just because I believe it deserves to be seen. If it was that's right. if it was on equal playing fields, it would probably be up there for a lot more people. But just because it hasn't been discovered and very few know about it, you know, there's no real, it, it's, you know, not as uh, prominent in the in the field but um i've i kind of just ignore that and i just go with my own personal preferences so yeah for those that um have followed the show in the past you'll know that that's uh something that i've done on on several occasions and this is uh par for the course so i like it i like it yeah um for my number nine i had the 1978 ford pinto from cujo um hmm. The car didn't have as much, but she spent a lot of time locked in the car while Cujo was trying to attack her. So I think that made it pretty iconic because to me, some of the scariest parts were when she was in the car there and, you know, the dog slobber all over the window and stuff and jumping up on the hood and everything. So I thought, I thought that belonged there. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's definitely my favorite part of the film as well. I didn't have it just because it wasn't, you know, it's a, it's more like just a setting, but um, yeah, if I would have uh, favored um, iconicness um, a little bit more instead of, uh, you know, impact in the film, um, I probably would have put that on the list. That's, that's not a bad choice. I like it. So um, my number nine, um, I went with a uh, 1980 film called The Hearse. So uh, this is about a uh, woman that uh, inherits this old Victorian mansion out in the countryside, uh, you know, after her mother dies and uh, comes to find out that it um, one of the local, uh, I guess, pitfalls of the establishment is uh, this strange, mysterious black hearse that uh, follows her around everywhere. Not necessarily the best of films. Uh, it's definitely on the uh, slower side, but um, I have always found the car kind of creepy. Um, I've you know it again it's another one of those uh you never really know who's driving it kind of a thing just because uh you do get shots of the driver but it you know during the scenes in the film it's kind of hard to tell what's going on with it and uh, a lot of the best scenes come from you know this uh black car just out in the distance that you don't really know where it's, where it came from or what it's going to do next and uh, it's uh like i said one that uh, I, I kind of Hey, I tended to, uh, you know, like I said earlier, favor importance in the film um, more than uh, style, even though, you know, style points do help. So uh, my, my number nine is The Hearse. Very cool. My number eight, although most people would go with the truck in this film, I went with the car, is the red 
71 Plymouth Valiant driven by Dennis Weaver in dual. Mm. So I have that on the list, but for different reasons. And uh, I think you mentioned it, so um, I'll, I'll save that for later. But yeah, that's on my list as well. Okay. Yeah, because to me, you know, again, the truck, you don't know really what's going on. You don't really see, but you do see a lot of the car and you see a lot of him inside the car and his emotion and what he's experiencing as he's trying to get away. Yeah. So that's why um, it's the, the car sort of stood out to me there. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I have the, um, you know, the other factor involved, but uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely on my list for good reason. So. So uh, my number eight, uh, again, this is going to be kind of um, an off the wall pick just because it's a, uh, you know, on the indie side of things. Um, I went with a film called Super Hybrid. So uh, this one came out a few years ago, or I, I first saw it a few years ago. I think it's um, uh, probably at least 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. But I saw it a few years ago and uh, it was really kind of fun. Um, it's about a uh, group of mechanics at a car shop who get a uh, couple of new pieces in uh, for repair once a uh, strange vehicular accident occurs just outside. And uh, come to find out that the car, one of the cars is uh, this shape-shifting being that uh, hunts them down and kills them one by one. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one at all. Yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, like I said, it kind of came out a few years ago. Um, I think a lot of people kind of wrote it off because it's uh, PG-13 and it's um, it's definitely an indie side of things. But um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, there's a fun little, uh, it, it's kind of a cheat, but not really um, when you realize what the uh, car actually is. Um, the car is a shapeshifter, so it'll actually <laughs> change forms and it'll mimic other cars in the lot to uh you know hunt them down so uh every time it sustains damage um they try you know everything they try to stop it the car breaks free and then it uh, goes off into the side and it uh, reforms and reshapes into a completely different body so there's like three or four different cars that it looks like throughout the course of the film and then you finally at the very end you realize what the actual thing is because it's not technically a true car the uh, shapeshifter thing is a it's kind of a clue, but um, I'll keep it a little vague just because. But uh, this was one that I, I had a lot more fun with than um, I really should have, uh, just because, <laughs> like I said, it's on the indoor side. It's kind of a little cheaper kind of a vehicle, but um, it's a lot of fun um, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, it moves really fast. Um, you, they figure out that there's something wrong pretty early on, which is, uh, you uh -huh. know, which is really yeah. kind of nice. So, you know, it's not, you know, sp you spend half the film like, oh, well, nothing's going on. There are people just lost, you know, a bunch of idiots at work don't know what they're doing. And uh -huh. yeah, they, they figure out that there's something wrong with the car very early on. And it just becomes like a relentless, uh, you know, series of battles just to try to stop it from getting out. Um, but like I said, uh, there's like several different cars that it uh, morphs itself into and shape shifts into. So it's not just one, but several, even though, like I said, there is a bit of a cheat there. Um, yeah, like I said, it's on the indie side of things, so it's not as, um, you know, well known, but uh, I think it's a lot more fun than it should be. Uh, you know, like I said, the PG-13 rating is apparent at times, uh, you know, don't mind that, just give it a shot and, uh, you know. Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't, but um, like I said, yeah, I, had more fun. I had more fun with it than I should have, but so uh, if you can find it, yeah, give it a shot. 
Uh, my number eight is super hybrid. Okay. My number seven is the car's a little obscure actually in the films, but it's really cool because it's in all of them. And that is the 73 Oldsmobile Delta 88 in Evil Dead. Because the same car is in every one of the Evil Dead movies. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, um, yeah, I think I read somewhere that that was uh, Raimi's intention. That yeah. Yeah, because he said he puts that in everything. He puts it in almost all his movies. In fact, yeah. it was even Uncle Ben's car in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Uh, I, I haven't seen that since it came out. Maybe I might have missed it. So Cause I mean, it, Yeah, because, yeah, I haven't seen the, that Spider-Man trilogy since they first came out. So I'm uh, like I said, I haven't really revisited them since. So I might have missed it once. Might have missed it then. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember hearing that he I think he puts it in everything. Yeah, he does. And, you know, because of it being sitting outside the cabin in the in every Evil Dead movie, I think I had to include it. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, for my number seven, um, even though you're probably going to get a little bit more to think this is um, trucks more than cars, um, I went with Maximum Overdrive. Um, one where you know again it's about you know more than one vehicle you got multiple cars all of them are kind of you know iconic you know especially the giant gremlin big rig but you know there, there are scenes with uh, several of the other small cars uh you know chasing them through the impound lots or uh you know trying to stop their escape attempts so even though like i said the big rig gets the uh, most iconic stuff and uh, the big moments uh there are shots with uh, other cars involved and, uh, you know, since the film is about cars and other appliances run amok, it uh, kind of deserved to be on my list. So yeah, I kind of disqualified it, the Green Goblin truck, just yeah. because, you uh, yeah, know, like I said, I fudged a little bit with some vans, but I tried to keep it to cars. So that's kind of why that one didn't make my list. Yeah, like, like I said, I I, I know that the, the Goblin's going to get the majority of the recognition for that one but um i did find a lot of the other you know cars did get moments trying to you know chase them down when they tried to escape or you know circle in the lot so it it is kind of a cheat but um it's one that i kind of had to put on the list so i i understand your reasoning for doing it but um yeah i i kind of put it on regardless Fair so. enough. yeah my number six was we can't even though again it's not exactly a horror film you can't do a list like this without Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I never thought of putting that on the list. Um, like, like I said, I put more favorite um, importance to the film, but over style. But uh, yeah, for style attempts, I can definitely see that one there. I could probably even, you know, I can probably even say that's an honorable mention now that you mention it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Mr. Wong and Ghostbusters is honorable mentions on my list. Because <laughs> yeah, um, I, I completely forgot about the uh, style points for that one. Yeah, that one, that, that, that's, a, that's a solid choice. Yeah, I thought I had to put it on there because you can just say the, you can say the name. You don't even have to describe the car and everyone can see it. Exactly, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so uh, my number six, uh, we kind of mentioned it already. It's uh, the Jeeper Creeper van. Um, I mean, I mean, what you said is uh, kind of true. You know, it is you know immediately iconic and memorable. You do get you know a little bit more in the you know sequels rather than the original, but uh, it does have enough of importance in the original to matter. So uh, yeah, kind of uh, 
you know, you mentioned it already. So uh, doubling up here for me with uh, Jeepers Creepers. So uh, I guess moving on to your number five. My number five was the 72 Ford Club Wagon van in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I never thought of that one. That was uh, another one that I probably could have gone if I would have, uh, you know, favored style over importance. Yeah, because some of the great, I thought the just the scenes where they pick up the hitchhiker, you mm, know, yeah, <laughs> is just such an iconic scene. And then when they pull away and he leaves the blood-stained hand down the side, yeah, it just that makes that makes that very memorable for me. Nice, yeah. Um, wish I could have thought of that. Um, because uh, it would have kind of fit in a little bit more with uh, my number five choice, because this one is uh, one that I have uh, style over importance. Um, I have Reggie's Barracuda from Phantasm. So, uh, like I said, I know that this one gets uh, a little bit more love in the sequels, but, uh, you know, you first see the car in the original and, you know, it is involved in a couple of uh, big sequences. So uh, definitely one that I thought had to be mentioned. Uh, it like I, is it is up on my list a lot higher. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of figured um, if you were going for uh, style over, you know, importance, whereas I went importance over style, I, I can see you putting that one a little higher. So um, I'll let you take over when you see that one. But um, yeah, my number five is Phantasm just because uh, that car needs to be on a list. Oh, yeah, has to be. So, uh, yeah, for uh, my number four was the black Chevy Nova from Death Proof that Kurt Russell drives with the crossbones on the hood. So my number four is uh, the car from Death Proof. <laughs> All right. We finally matched up on one. <laughs> we matched up. Yeah. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, I mean, yeah, it's another one that, uh, you know, its importance to the its importance is kind of uh, you know established pretty early on, but that thing just looks so cool. <laughs> it is. It's just so cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, that kind of a, a odd placement there. We both have it in the same spot. So um, I'll actually uh, move on. I'll take the uh, number three um, for my list. Um, I went with uh, the black being in the car. Um, uh, this one was one that I uh, I always kind of enjoyed. Um, I always thought it was a little underrated. Uh, it should, you know, probably be a little bit higher um, for most uh, genre fans. But um, I, that thing is just an absolute uh, blast. Um, the way that it just uh, just is impervious to anything. You see that humongous trail of dust just following it everywhere, and then just that blaring horn honking out from the distance. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that thing is just a, a sight to behold, and I loved every second it was on screen. So uh, this one was one that uh, it earned both uh, importance and style points. So uh, for my number three, I had the car. Very cool. I thought about that, but again, it was so obscure that I was afraid people wouldn't know it. So, mm. But it's good that you're doing this, because I think that's really cool that they are. Yeah, well, I mean, like um, I said, it's uh, definitely I mean, one that yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the one that definitely deserves to be seen a little bit more. So, yeah, definitely did, you know, definitely had to mention it. So I think it's uh, your number three. My number three is the um, stolen asylum Ford station wagon from Halloween. Hmm. 
Nice. Yeah. Uh, another one that I probably could have uh, done for uh, style over importance. Because, yeah, that's the yeah, one that's uh, not there long, but, you know, yeah. it's really your first time that you're seeing Michael Myers, your first glimpse. Right. Yeah. So. Just, uh, yeah, the shots of him with that mask just driving by in the city streets. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So that to me, it, that's what put it so high is I think the level of importance there. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And it does stand out. Definitely stands oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to win many cool points, but it, it does stand right. out. It's important. Yeah. All right. So um, my number two, uh, we mentioned it, uh, was Duel. Um, I mean, yeah, the uh, Red Station Wagon definitely deserves its uh, share, but um, that that truck is really just an, a, a blast. Um, I love the way it looks. Uh, the scenes of it just, you know, plowing through the countryside, just, you know, this unstoppable menace, whatever... You, whenever you see it, that thing just looks terrifying and, you know, you never really, you know, you know, it's not driverless, you know that there's a driver there, but you never see who it is and just the way it toys with them and the way it plays with them. Yeah, uh, it, it was an absolute blast and um, I, I know that you had the uh, car over the truck, um, but um, I, I, it's still one of those that uh, its placement had to be on here. So moving on. Yeah. Um, my number two was the Barracuda from Phantasm. So we've already ah. pretty much discovered that. We've already covered that. Um, just one of the coolest cars ever, period, but definitely one of the coolest cars in a horror film. And yeah. definitely played a pretty big role in both the first and second one. So. Right. Yeah. Because I know that there, um, it does more in the, it's more of a feature in the second one just because that's, that's the one where they uh, travel around the countryside. So you kind of need a reason to, you know, you kind of need a, you know, method to get around. So um, you, you get to see it more often. So yeah, definitely one that uh, stands out for numerous reasons. So uh, brings us to uh, number one, um, kind of going to venture that this may be yours, but um, at least on my end, I went with Christine. Um, you have to go with Christine for number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I the mean, car I, is the film. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's the only one that actually is named after the car. Um, I mean, you, the other cars, uh, they get, you know, they get brought up. They're an important part in the film, but the film is named for the car. And this is the only one that actually has a name. So uh, when that thing just rolls off of the, when you just see that thing rolling down the countryside and, you know, you and see it on, when you pulls out and you hear bad to the bone start uh yeah it, you know you're getting something uh, something important and iconic and I, I mean you know you see the shot of it you know beat up and rolling into the junkyard and you know just belching flames and then all of a sudden you see him at the football game and the things just it looked like it just rolled off the assembly line and you know <laughs> it just looks absolutely impressive and you know what it does afterwards yeah it, it's definitely one of the most important uh, physical objects I've ever seen, not just, you know, a car, but just physical objects in a horror film. It's, yeah, it's an absolute classic. So, I mean, we kind of tied on uh, some of these things, but uh, yeah, this one was uh, an obvious uh, number one. So it was kind of Christine and then everything else kind of. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was the one. Okay. That's number one. Let's see. How do we number everything else? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, this uh, was uh, a lot of fun. I'm uh, glad we got to uh, do this. Uh, you know, we kind of mentioned a few together, but uh, 
yeah, kind of uh, fun to see some uh, oddball choices that uh, we both had on each other's list because you right. went more for, um, you know, style points and I went more for uh, importance. So nice little uh, variety we got there. It was, uh, it was. It was cool. Yeah, it's fun to hear. So uh, at uh, this point, do you have uh, any place anybody can uh, check you and uh, your workout for uh, those that want to hear follow you? Yeah, um, Chuck W. Chapman on pretty much all social media. That's also my website, um, chuckwchapman.com. So just hit me at Chuck W. Chapman on anything. Um, I have a new book out called Freak on a Moped. It won um, the Critters.org um, Best Indie Horror Novel for 2021. So check that out. It's available from me, of course, but also on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and all the all the online places and my new CD girls and cars and things that matter. Same thing available on Amazon and Spotify and all the streaming platforms. And that's what I've got going on right now. Nice. Well, uh, I'll definitely have everything uh, linked below for you to check out uh, if you're interested. So uh, thank you again. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we uh, got to do this. Yeah. Thanks so much, Don. Well, uh, until next time, we will see you with a new episode. Later. And...